Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We have been discussing chapter 9, Raja Vidya Raja Guhya Yoga, Yoga for all secret and royal knowledge. We are coming to the concluding verses. So we are halfway in Bhagavad Gita. In the first six chapters, we have learned that I am, that I know that I am, but I do not know who I am, is the secret. He exists as all-pervading self. I exist as identified with my ego, that identifies with my body, mind, and intellect, makes me limited. But that I, which I consider I, is permanent, but the identification I have with this body, mind, intellect is impermanent. And therefore, when I die, the body dies, but that I remains constant. Existence itself remains existent. But I is existing as something has impermanency. So I as a student has impermanency. I was a student one time, I'm no longer a student. Everything that as I am is impermanent, but I is the permanent entity. That's what we learned in the first six chapters. Therefore, Bhagavan in the first six chapters told us to meditate upon that which remains permanent, that which is constant in all these changes which I've gone through in my life from my childhood to my young adulthood to adulthood to old age, that would remain constant as I. Every time I woke up in the morning and say I am, the same feeling as I had when I was a child, when I was a young man, when I was an adult, and as I'm an old man. So we're going to say that I is permanent. You meditate on that. That was chapter 6, where we learned the Dhyana Yoga. That contemplate on what remains constant in your life. And then Bhagavan had taught us what is that which remains constant in the last three chapters, chapter 7, 8, and 9, which is the Tat part of the Tattvamasi. That Tvam and Tat are one and the same. That's basically is the premise of Chandogya Upanishad and all Upanishads. That which I'm seeking is the permanent self and the impermanent self are both one and the same. So in chapter 7 onward, Bhagavan taught us that that self, which is all-pervading, is manifesting as many in this world through maya, through the power of projection, superimposition. Then maya creates this prakriti and I'm bound by this prakriti as long as I identify with it. So this body, this mind, this intellect are product of prakriti, and as long as I identify with them, I'll be bound by the prakriti. But if I transcend these limitations and identify with the self, then I'll be free. So that's the simple premise. And that is the quest in life, to transcend this identification and identify with the Supreme Self. So in this chapter, Bhagavan has once again laid out that path and said, you should constantly think about me. 
And for that, you really do not need any special equipment, any special wealth, any special ability, any special qualities. But whatever you have, whether you consider yourself to be an intellectual, you consider yourself a spiritual, yourself to be an uneducated person, dumb person, very emotional person, all of that is irrelevant. It is your resolve to liberate yourself from your limitations that counts. He says in verse 29, Samoham sarvabhuteshu na deshyo astina priyaha ye bhajanti tumam bhaktya maite tesu chapiham So in the beginning of the chapter, Bhagavan has given one type of relationship, which was the relationship-less relation, which we have seen Bhagavan said that they are in me, but I'm not in them. And in reality, they are also not in me. So the relationship was given in terms of superimposition. That superimposition of this ego on the Supreme Self identifies with this ego as real. And the classical analogy we discussed is that of a snake and a rope. From the perspective of a rope, the rope is not in the snake, but snake is in the rope. Because without a rope, the snake does not exist. So therefore, the rope says, I am not in the snake, but snake is in me. Then he says, well, snake is not in me, because there was never a snake. It's just my ignorance which created the snake. Same with this ego really has no existence of its own. It is superimposition on the Supreme Self as limitations, this conditioning created by body, mind, and intellect, which created this ego as individual being. Therefore, Bhagavan said, this individual beings, I'm not in them, but they are in me. The superimposition on the self by these limited beings, you and I and he and she and her. Then he said, they are also not in me. In, the, in other words, they don't have separate existence other than my own existence. It's the supreme existence, which is ever-existing, all-pervading, and omniscient. And now he says, the samaham sarvabhuteshu. I am same in all beings. Na deshyaste, na priya. No one is dear to me and no one I hate. They're all same to me. In other words, there is no real distinction between one manifestation to another. It is the same reality pervading through entire Jagat, and therefore the essence of all things and beings one and the same. It's not that my consciousness is different than your consciousness. I'm same in all of them. However, e bhajanti tumam bhaktya maite tesucha apiham but those who devote themselves with faith. I am in them and they are in me. You know, they are the only one who recognize that I and the Supreme Self are one and the same. So they can see that direct relationship between my individual self and the Supreme Self. Even though it seems there are contradictions in Bhagavad Gita, there are no contradictions. Bhagavan is explaining his point about the permanence of Supreme Self and all beings in the Supreme Self from various perspectives. So, 
one perspective you're seeing from the Supreme's perspective that nothing exists other than itself. And now you're seeing from the individual's perspective that Supreme exists within me and therefore he exists in all beings and things. That supreme being is same in all beings and things. But one who recognizes the fact, he recognizes the relationship. Others do not recognize the relationship. And therefore, they are devoting their efforts in finding that permanent bliss in things outside, in this world of accomplishments, world of acquiring things. And therefore, they achieve those entities. They achieve what they are seeking. And I wanted this is equal opportunity pursuit. Anyone, because I'm same in all beings, all beings have equal right to pursue this relationship, to recognize that myself and his self is one and the same. Once that relationship is established, there is no sorrow, there is no unhappiness, because there is permanency. There is no change occurring in anything. The change is happening in Prakriti. Everything is changing all the time. And I'm trying to find permanency in impermanent things and beings, which is the root cause of all my unhappiness. I thought the last year what I did was very good and I want to continue doing it this year. But these conditions are very different than last year, which I'm not recognizing, but trying to find the same result. Doing same thing in different environment, I'm trying to get the same result, and that is my problem. So Bhagavan said, this is available to all. Api chetsu durachara bhajate mam ananyabhag sadhu eva samantavyaha samyak vyavastito hi saha. No matter whatever is your past, whatever is your background, whatever you have done so far, do not carry that burden with you when you take this journey to realize yourself. So Bhagavan said, put everything aside. Even if you consider yourself to be the most evil person, that you have done all evil things in your life, as long as you resolve correctly that this is not me, the evil doer which I was is not my real self. That evil doings were because of my wrong ideas, my wrong emotions, my wrong thoughts. That's not me because I am not my mind, I am not my intellect, I am not my body. Samyak vivastitaha, one who is rightly resolved, then now he wants to find that permanent happiness in finding that supreme being. He should be considered sadhu from the very day. From the very day he resolves himself correctly, he should be now should be considered a good righteous person and let him pursue his pursuit. So this is available to even the worst among us. That's because the chipram hi bhavati dharmatma. Once a person has rightly resolved, in no time he becomes dharmatma. So this word dharmatma, we have discussed word dharma. Dharma is the law of being. That which makes me who I am is my dharma. Up till now, I thought this body makes me who I am, this mind makes me who I am, this intellect makes me who I am. Therefore, I consider myself to be that. But when I have resolved that that's not me and that's not giving me happiness, I want to find out my own self. My dharma is now that supreme self, that which is functioning through me, enabling me to do good and evil. 
And when I identify with that, that's become a dharma atma. Now I have identified with my real self and not the superimposed self. So kshipram hi bhavati dharma atma. He becomes identified with that supreme self. Sasvat santim nigachati and he finds an eternal peace. Once I figured out that my grandfather left billion dollars in my trust account, which I did not know so far. Once I connect with that billion dollars, I am at peace because I don't have to go to work tomorrow. Once I realize that I am infinite, everlasting, all-pervading, there is nothing but bliss because there is nothing to worry about, no one to compete with. Kaunteya prati janihi namai bhaktaha pranasati. Bhagavan gives assurance that, oh Arjuna, oh son of Kunti, know for sure that none of my devotees, from no matter what background they come from, they will never fail. They will never be disappointed in this pursuit. They will achieve their goal. So, Bhagavan said, Mamhi partha vyapasityaha. Yaha apishyuhu papa yonayaha. Striyo vaishya tatha shudraha te apiyanti paramgatim. I've heard people in this class saying we should remove this verse from Bhagavad Gita because it is demeaning women, vaishya, and shudra. And we obviously know that Bhagavan's theme right from the beginning is of equality. And we just learned in verse 29. The samoham sarvabhuteshu. I am same in all being. So the theme cannot change abruptly. And say that these people are lower, these people are higher. All throughout Bhagavan said the sthita pragna is one who sees everything in equanimity, everything in same, whether it is pleasure or pain, heat or cold, whatever that he sees that with equanimity. So when it comes to beings, also Bhagavan cannot see in any other way but in that equanimity. But he points out the disadvantages people may have and therefore they consider themselves to be ineligible for this permanent happiness. We have seen the one who has done some evil doings. In the previous verses, even the evil doers have the same opportunity to pursue this path of attaining eternal happiness. Now he says there is a segment of society which is disadvantaged, not because of the social injustice or that because they were not given the appropriate opportunities or because they were denied the opportunity, but their own disabilities, but their own shortcomings, that they are not able to pursue this. They consider themselves that we don't have the right equipment to pursue this. Papa Yonayaha. Once again, we have to go back and remember what we discussed in Bhagavad Gita as Papa. Papa is nothing but agitations in my mind. So if I am born in the environment which creates agitation in my mind, then I consider that to be a Papa Yoni. That's the environment I'm born which creates agitations in my mind. Anything which creates negative impressions on my mind is Papa. Anything which creates positive impression on my mind is Punya. That which gives me tranquility of mind is punya. That which gives me agitation is papa. Bhagavan points out three segments of society which may have 
the disability of calming the mind down easily. So first you say striyaha, women. It implies that women are more emotional and they may be more prone to agitations. And therefore, if you have those qualities that you get agitated easily, then you consider yourself to be a disadvantage that I can calm my mind down and I'm agitated. Or Vaishya, I'm constantly pursuing profits. I'm constantly seeing what is in it for me. So why should I come to Gita class? If there's a benefit, then it's okay. If there's no benefit, there's no real reason for me to do that. If that's my attitude, then I'm a Vaishya. Then I'm a basically a businessman, a trader. Is only doing things because I want to get something out of it. And Shudraha, I'm not motivated to do anything. Then I have these tamasic tendencies. In previous chapters, Bhagavan I say, Chatur Varnam Mayasrusta Guna Karma Vibhaga Saha, that I have created these four types of people in this world according to their qualities and their actions. See, if my actions made me overly emotional, then Swamiji points out it's a feminine quality. Or women are more likely to have these emotional tendencies. Or Vaishyas who are traders, business people. Or Shudra who are the service class. We all fall into these four categories. Sometimes we are too emotional. Most of the time we are looking for profits. And most of the time we are not motivated to do anything great. But once again, even if you have that disability, inherently in you, in your personality, you still have equal right if you worship me, if you resolve that you want to get that permanent happiness, thou shall also come to me. Even they attain the supreme goal if they resolve themselves to attain this goal. So no disability, no disadvantage is the reason for you not to pursue this path is basically the, the purpose of this verse here. Whether you're an evildoer, emotional person, constantly looking for profit or not motivated, you have equal right to pursue this path as long as you understood where your happiness lies. The next verse says, Kim punar brahmanaha punyaha bhakta rajasayatata. If you come from either Punya Brahman, the holy Brahmins. If by chance you accumulated enough Punya that your outlook in life is sattvic, that you are born in that environment, you're constantly seeking knowledge, then obviously you have the great advantage or Bhaktaha Rajasayatata, or you are born as a devout Rajasi. Those two people have predominant sattva. And very little rajas and very little tamas as we have seen in chapter 4. But we are now all at the equal footing. I took one class, Leadership Metro Richmond. They train executives for leadership. And in one exercise, they lined all of us. And then they give command that if you are a minority, take two steps backward. If your parents have college education, take two steps forward. And at the end of those about 10, 20 commands, you look around and see everybody scattered all around the ground. We're all standing in one single line. There's some people are 10 steps ahead and some are 10 steps behind. Then say, look around and see where your colleagues are. But remember, you're now all in a one single file. We're all in the same leadership class. So it really does not matter from which background you came from, 
but your resolve brought you to this class of leadership that you want to be a leader in whatever you are doing bhagwan says the same thing no matter what background you came from what disability you have what disadvantage you have let's not that deter you from achieving this goal of permanent happiness so in the last verse he basically concludes and say how one can attain that and he says manmana bhava mad bhaktaha madhyaji mam namaskuru mama eva eshyasi yuktva evam atmanam mat parayanaha he concludes saying what he has said before fix your mind on to me many time your mind is running away on other things remember me i am the supreme self keep that as a background shruti in your mind that i am nothing but the manifestation of the supreme self mad bhakta devote yourself to me i am right now devoted to my own self constantly i'm thinking about me as i think about me but me as the supreme self madhyaji hi whatever you do offer it to me when you go to work i say lord i'm going for you whatever you are doing you are doing for one single goal to find happiness and that to permanent happiness remember that and say namaskar who bow down to that goal of yours mama eva eshashi yuktva having united with me the self taking me as the supreme goal once you take me as the supreme goal mat parayanaha mat atmanaha mama eva eshashi thou shall come to me once you recognize you are not this limited being you are not going to die existence is permanent nothing is temporary what is temporary is already constantly changing what you were yesterday you are not today today what you are will not be tomorrow and therefore fix your mind on to something which is permanent if you find this podcast helpful please support it by donating any amount by going to the episodes website at neilbutt.podbean.com or at chinmayarichmond.org thank you om sarve bhavantu sukhina sarve santu niramayah sarve bhadrani pashyantu ma kaschit दुख भाग भवे ओ शांति 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 हरि ओ श्री गुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओ